to admit that without the clones, it would not have been a victory. Victory? Victory, you say? Master Obi-Wan, not victory. The Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has. to the last missions everyone a friends of the force and doing talking crossover series where we're talking all things the clone wars every week when a new episode drops on disney plus and this week we're talking about season seven episode four unfinished business which was directed by brian kalen o'connell and written by brent friedman and matt mishnevitz so brad what did you think of the conclusion of the bad batch arc hit me in all of the feels. This was such a fun episode. It was so action-packed. There was a ton of emotion behind it and also the whole concept of trust and distrust playing throughout the entire thing I, I think made the stakes feel very high and just some of glimpses of Anakin falling more towards the dark side and just the ending that we got made me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside because we need all the happy endings Star Wars can give us nowadays in a, in a, yes. in a world where things are very uncertain, <laughs> Madison. You and I are here social distancing on a podcast together so we don't get the coronavirus. But yep, <laughs> I am just so thrilled that this episode went the way it did. And it was just so perfect. Yeah, same. Like, I agree. Might be my favorite one, honestly, of the arc. Yeah, it was incredible. Luckily for us, social distancing does not equal podcast distancing, so we still get to talk about the Clone Wars every week, right? <laughs> I mean, you're I mean, relatively that's... within a foot of me, if I'm counting my computer as, as you, because I see <laughs> your, your, your icon here on the chat. So, um, so yeah, just don't sneeze. I will do my best. <laughs> yeah, but this episode was so great. It was finally reaching that level of large scale that we've seen in past seasons of the Clone Wars where we've just had these massive battles going on like on the ground and in space and I love how this arc like started off small scale kind of bringing us back into it and reintroducing us slowly and the scale was building with each episode and the tension kept building and we finally kind of got to like a pretty big confrontation last week when the village was facing off against the techno union but this week it like really took it to the next level and i just gotta say i loved those shots of the y-wings flying in dropping their bombs those were just visually stunning it almost looks like live action when you have shots like that now in the clone wars it's incredible and i had to notice too it was inspired by ralph mcquarrie art i actually posted it on my friends of the force twitter but yes. it's like the same exact art of the y-wing flying down towards this like big globe thing that has kind of these city skyscrapers on top of it and it looked the exact same as this episode the shot so i have to imagine it was inspired by that that artwork and we know that artwork really does feed into all different kinds of mediums within Definitely. the star wars universe 
Yeah, I, I love that they are still, after all this time, still using Ralph McQuarrie art to inspire new Star Wars. It just makes me happy every time I see one of those side-by-side comparisons, and I'm like, yes, he's still yeah. influencing it. It's great. Which, by the way, the the Tross documentary, they did show uh, they did show Ralph McQuarrie like, footage of him. I never actually knew what he looked like, so I was very intrigued by that. And he talked oh, well, about his I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, whoa. Oh my god, it's Ralph McQuarrie. Like I never actually <laughs> thought about what the guy looks like, but there he is. You finally put a face to the name. Yeah, so if you're a Ralph McQuarrie fan, I would recommend watching that that documentary cuz he gets some screen time. That's Lots awesome. of old retro footage. Oh, that's so great. And yeah, I mean the main the main question we were wrestling with throughout this episode, of course, was can we trust Echo? And I really enjoyed the like push and pull of that because I know like we left off at the end of last episode definitely like having a bad feeling about this and like how this was going to turn out. And the whole time, you know, I'm like expecting him to turn on them. I'm expecting things to go wrong. And it's not just a question of like is he going to turn on them? But it's like, is he aware of what's happening? Does he have any control over his actions? And so I really enjoyed that tension throughout the episode. And he didn't let us down. I was so proud of Echo. And yeah, his whole arc throughout this episode was just really emotional. And like you said, Anakin had so many great moments as well. And y'all all know Anakin's one of my favorites. And I love seeing him just go off in this episode. We'll get into it more later. but. Yeah, good stuff. We also got a we also got a shout out Mace Windu for trying to be space dad this episode <laughs> when he him and Obi Wan just rappel down, you know, like uh, Revenge of the Sith style on Utapau with those same troopers. I believe I think it's it looked like the same armor style and everything. But I just love Mace when he's like, "Hello, <laughs> hello, battle droids. <laughs> I have dismantled over one hundred thousand of you during the Clone Wars, and now you have the choice to." be reprogrammed and do better things than wreak havoc and destruction. And they're all just kind of staring at him while he's giving his big speech. And Obi-Wan's like, uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> going to work out or not. And they just start shooting. And Obi-Wan's like, well, I guess it was worth a try. <laughs> I got to say, like, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was kind of mm. like, really, Mace? After you've killed, you know, 100,000 of them, you're still going to try this? <laughs> all right. <laughs> My name is General Mace Windu of the Jedi Order. At this point of the Clone War, I have dismantled and destroyed over 100,000 of you Type 1 battle droids. I'm giving you an opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos which you have inflicted upon the galaxy. Blaster! Well, I guess it was worth a try. He's really trying to embrace the peace, keepers of the peace, not soldiers mentality. He really is, which I did not see coming from Mace. It was no. very interesting. I always kind of viewed him as more of like an aggressive Jedi when it comes to combat. But I don't know. I got to give him props for that, I guess. At least he tried. <laughs> Especially during the old micro series Clone Wars, when the very first episode, I believe, of season two, it's it involves him just laying waste to thousands upon thousands of battle droids. He took no prisoners or he didn't even try to negotiate. That was that was when he killed the 100,000, Brad. It was all during that single yeah. battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. One versus 100,000. So there were some pretty big changes between like the final version of this episode and the 
original version, which you checked out and you posted a clip of. So tell us more about that, because the the ending of this episode in particular is very different than it was in the uh, original animations. Yeah, so the the original arc, which I guess you could say is the unfinished arc, which this episode's titled Unfinished Business, but you could say it's now finished business. <laughs> finished Ka-ching. unfinished business. Uh, it's a mouthful. But the original arc ended with a medal ceremony, and it ended with, I believe, the entire Bad Batch getting accolades as long as well as Echo. And Rex gets really amped up. He's like, you know, for the Bad Batch. And there's some droids there. One of them looks like R2-D2. Everybody's getting super excited and hyped up about the victory. And it ends with a zoom in on Echo and the Imperial March plays, which is actually a little bit more of an ominous ending, which made me think, really you know, ominous. Is, this, is this like sign of what's to come with Order 66? Is that what they're trying to hint at? Even though Echo finishes the arc living and earning the trust of those around him it also made me wonder if his inhibitor chip is still inside of him if that's been changed so there's potential he could survive order 66 but i'm a huge fan of the ending that we did get it just felt a lot more focused on the relationships and humanity of echo rather than the clones achieving victory and getting all these awards because as wrecker says you know they're just in it for the thrill and for for the friendship between each of them. It's not about just, do I get a trophy? Absolutely. I completely agree. And about Order 66, like, that's a question I've been having. It's like, what happens to the Bad Batch during Order 66? Because they don't have a a Jedi commander who's in charge of them. They're just their own thing. So when that happens, what do they do? How does that affect them? Do they like go and hunt down a Jedi if they can find one or is it does it just not apply to them and they don't participate? Because if that's the case, it's entirely possible that the Bad Batch survives and Echo survives. But how how would they fit into the Empire? Do they just get cast aside or are they incorporated somehow? I'd I'd be really like interested to somehow like find out what happened to them after all this. Thinking of Echo, I hope he does survive Order 66 because he already had so much of his free will taken away for so long to watch him yeah. then go back to a state of, of being where he has no control over his actions is really tragic. But my be. headcanon is that Chip was taken out in order to make way for the, way, like, the plugins that he had and to be the machine that he was. That would be really cool if, like, the Techno Union thought he was compromised because they're like, oh, he's got this Republic chip in his brain, so we better take that out so we make sure <laughs> that, like, we can control him instead. But then it's yeah. like, nope, joke's on you because nobody's controlling Echo, and now he's really his own person. And that would be really cool if it, like, didn't affect him because he had his chip removed. And yeah, I I hope that for him. I really do. I got to imagine the Bad Batch still have their their chips because they get them right from being embryos. So I don't think it's a matter of, you know, they were the Bad Batch. So they didn't get that implant. I think they have it right from the get-go. So I wonder if they were able to do anything about that. But it's po- very possible that they could help carry out Order 66, which is sad to think about. There was kind of a very weird moment. at, at I think it was like in the first episode of this arc where... Um, is, is it Rex? Someone asked them like who they get their orders from and they were like, oh, that doesn't matter. Or like, that's a secret. Like they didn't right. tell, which was very strange. I was like, 
do they get like sent directly on missions by the chancellor? Like, how does this work? I don't know. It it felt kind of ominous to me. Mm-hmm. Like, who are they getting their orders from? But yeah, and I guess we'll never know. It's the great mystery of the Bad Batch. Or will we petition mm-hmm. for the Bad Batch comic issues? Oh yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> Some other differences in this episode, I guess the distrust was played to be more lighthearted originally, so it wasn't as deep and pronounced throughout the episode. I think this episode made it very like ominous about Echo's intentions, but the original one was kind of just playing around with each other sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they also removed a part that explained why Trench didn't know about Echo's rescue, which I was wondering about when I first watched it. I was thinking, I was too. why is he trying to use the the algorithm when the algorithm was stolen? And it's because Watt yeah. Tambor is actually terrified of Trench. So in the original episode, Tambor didn't want to tell his, his commander about this because it, it would seem like a sign of weakness, potentially. Um, those were some interesting interesting differences and again with the medal ceremony obi-wan does mention it in the story reel when he says you've got some medals coming your way so there is still a little bit of a connection to that original ending in this new one yeah that um the question with trench is something i kind of wish they had it explained very very briefly in the episode because that was definitely a question i had i was like why is he asking about the algorithm has he not been contacted like i that kind of distracted me for a bit so i kind of wish they had kept that in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, just like with a sentence or two. Yeah, it could have been a small thing like, you know, communications are down with Skako Minor. We haven't been able to contact them, something like that. Mm-hmm. I do like, though, that they had a much more serious take on the issue of trust in this episode, because I think it is a really important theme that should be taken seriously and not just played off with humor. So I'm glad right. that they decided to take that direction with it in this final version of the episode. And... Speaking of that, they changed the fortune cookie at the beginning of the episode. It's trust placed in another is trust earned. And what was the original, Brad? The original was learned from the past, but live for the future. Sounds really scary. Which is, which is interesting because yeah. it kind of, it sounds like Rebels in a way. Isn't that quote yeah. from Rebels where it's like restore the past, redeem the future? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Cool felony connection there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I like I, the new one more. It's a little more thought provoking. Yeah, I agree. But the theme of the other still continues in a way because it's like, yes, Echo's past has affected things like what happened on the Citadel has forever changed the course of his life, but that doesn't have to be in a bad way. He can move on to a new future, incorporating the, the things he's learned from his past and learn to move on from that. So I like that. Both still apply, but I do like the focus on trust because that was definitely the core theme and what was happening at the center of this entire episode with the Bad Batch not trusting Echo and really Mm -hmm. kind of being the doubting voice the whole time and Rex and Anakin showing more faith in Echo and trusting him to actually be able to do the right thing and not be compromised. Yeah, and Echo mentions about the fact that before he was always doing this for separatist victories but now he can kind of change the the narrative and and use his skills for republic victory finally so that kind of again is the learn from the past learn learn the skills that he used to use but now apply it differently for that future to survive exactly and trust is a very uh prominent theme in star wars i would say we always have characters that are 
um, possibly going to get their redemption, possibly atone for what they've done. And there's always the characters who don't see that potential in them. And then there's the characters who have faith in them. And trust is a complicated thing. It's a hard thing because it's it's so hard to gain from people, but it's so easy to lose. You know, you mess up and it's mm-hmm. gone and you wish you could fix it. And I like seeing Echo being able to overcome people's lesser expectations of him and those doubts because I I feel really bad for him in particular because he had like no control over what happened to him. He was being used against his will for the Separatists. It's almost like I'm making a Marvel parallel. I don't know where this came from. This doesn't usually happen, but <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like Bucky Barnes and yeah. that he he didn't choose what happened to him in the middle of the war. He just got his brain hijacked basically and was doing things against his will, but then he gets to atone for that in a way. And when his mind is his own again, and I loved getting to see him do that. That's actually a really great comparison. I think Bucky's story is one of Bucky's story definitely represents a journey to earn trust like this this episode's fortune cookies talking about because trust isn't always I know there's kind of the debate of is trust granted or is trust earned does everybody just kind of begin with trust and then it's a matter of if you actually lose that trust over time and you know to an extent it can be a mix of both I think I think there are some people in our lives who we can just put trust in right away you know like your family I think that's sometimes Mm -hmm. a given where you know you're 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 born and raised by them and you trust them and if they break that trust you know it's really hard to earn back cuz you know those are the people that are closest to you but for other people that you're just meeting um you know you always want to look at the best qualities of another person when you when you uh meet them and you want to put your faith in that person to uh be good and do the right things so there is an element of trust there but there's still more trust that has to be earned it's not like you begin with no trust and I think that's the case with Echo. I think Echo definitely has his cheerleader in Rex because Rex knows his true colors. He's been through the war with him. We as the viewers know what Echo has been through because we've been through it thick and thin with him. We watched what happened on the Citadel. We watched his sacrifice. And even though the Bad Batch have never interacted with him, it takes time for them to really get to know him. I mean, right away, Tech is saying, his mind belonged to the separatists before we unplugged him. We don't really know where his loyalties lie, but Rex does, you know, and that's, I think you need that just one person who can try to change the attitude around Echo, who is Rex to then change the attitude of others and to earn that trust easier. Yeah. I think in a strange kind of way, it's almost like how, how do Rex and the bad batch think of themselves? Because in this unique situation they're all genetic clones of the same person so genetically they're they are the same in a way but they're all their own unique person and to see like how they treat echo is almost like how do you treat yourself do you trust yourself like if rex was in this situation i think he would want to believe that he could change and shake off the control of the techno union the separatists whoever he wants to believe in that possibility, but with the Bad Batch, it's more, they were more the, the negative approach of, like, could we if we had endured all this? And I think that's interesting. It's kind of, like, meta in a way. And I do like, though, that Echo succeeded in the end of, like, gaining the trust of even the Bad Batch, and he kind of gets a new found family with them. Uh, so that was great to see. And I, I want to talk about this, too, because, like, on the theme of trust... We don't just have this going on with the clones, but we also have Mace Windu's distrust of Anakin. 
And I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but like I definitely see some parallels between Anakin and Echo in that um, Anakin definitely had more agency in what happened to him. But you have a very similar thing of like more machine now than man. Like, is there still a heart left in there that can make its own choices and decide to do the right thing after everything that's happened? And in this episode, we have Mace Windu not trusting Anakin when Anakin's like, here's the plan. We're going to do this. And Mace turns to Obi-Wan. He's, he doesn't say like, all right, Skywalker, I trust you. Let's do this. He's like, what do you think, Obi-Wan? What do you think about this? And it, it made me think of Revenge of the Sith because we are so close to that film and the timeline now. And I think of that line where Mace Windu tells Anakin, if what you have told me is true, you will have gained my trust. So Mace, after all these years in the Clone Wars, sometimes fighting alongside Anakin, still doesn't trust him. Yeah, that's an important observation to bring up for sure. Yeah, they've never had a good relationship. And of course, we know how all that ends up playing out in episode three. (laughs) Yeah, not very good for Mace. I think he uh, loses a hand and gets flung out a window. He gets yeeted. Yeah, basically. But I I do love how Obi-Wan responds. He says, if I know Anakin, we have the easy part. And I love that quick, but it's so simple, but it's a really great display in my view of Obi-Wan's faith in Anakin. He's like, I know Anakin's not intentionally making things harder on us. Like he's giving us the easy part and he's going to he's going to take the heavier load. And I love that he said that it was great. And I think when you're placing trust in somebody, too, there is an element of vulnerability with that. It was interesting Mm -hmm. to see the first couple episodes be Rex developing trust with the Bad Batch, and now to see the Bad Batch on the other side of that, them having to develop trust with Echo was really interesting. You saw how vulnerable that they were. They were putting so much of their faith in him to do the right thing, and there was still that potential of betrayal. But again, it's all up to Rex being there to have that sort of optimism that the mission needed and to not even question echoes loyalties because i think without rex this mission would have gone south very quickly i think mm-hmm. the bad batch would have just immediately distrusted him they would have stopped him from being plugged in they would have questioned sending all the droids to the depot everything would have gone south and i really do think rex's leadership shined in this episode oh yeah absolutely and there were some great moments for the bad batch in this episode too there uh, were. <laughs> let's talk about that for a little bit <laughs> yeah so you want to talk about Wrecker because oh, he's your fave. So I'm going to let you. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a really tough time saying goodbye to him. He's just my favorite. I want a Funko Pop of him, honestly. They need to do yeah. Clone Wars Season 7 Funko Pops because I would, I would buy one. Definitely. But Wrecker just continued to show why he's the best member of the Bad Batch. And he is just so funny. He wants to blow every single thing up in his path. He's just... <laughs> He's like the Incredible Hulk almost. He just yeah. wants to Hulk smash everything. And when he runs through that hallway and says, time to release the wrecking ball. It's so <laughs> funny. I was laughing my ass off. And Rex being like, I honestly feel bad for those droids. <laughs> and, I, and I just noticed on the second watch through Wrecker was actually shooting the droids while they were on top of him stacked up. Like he was, was shooting was each incredible. of them. I didn't even notice that at first <laughs> and eventually just getting to the last one. That's not the face just smashes him like a like a gopher in the um, that one game. What's that one game called in the arcades? It's um, whack-a-mole. Go- yeah, like whack-a-mole. Yeah, it was like he like totally like whack-a-mole the droid and just the whole 
idea of Crosshair and Wrecker having this possibly long-standing rivalry of who gets to taunt who and Wrecker saying, oh, he's going to try and taunt me, you watch. And eventually <laughs> Crosshair gets the final word on that situation this time around. But Wrecker did get to blow some stuff up. Happiest day of his life, as he said. And he was so excited. He was like, the whole stinking thing? It's like a kid in a candy <laughs> shop. You know, Anakin handing him the lollipop. And he's like, oh, I get to eat the whole thing? Uh, oh, this is great. Oh, thanks, Dad. Anakin would have been the best dad. And no one can change my mind on that. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. It's the hard truth. And Crosshair, not to be outdone, Crosshair was amazing. Like, I, I got to say, that was super impressive. I was like, what is he going to do here when he's like setting up all those things? And then with one shot, just takes down an entire hallway of droids. Incredible. That was so badass. <laughs> it was wonderful. I loved it. I can't believe the kind of aim that he has that close to just hit that small target on the wall. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's got to be some, like, coordinate thing, like, technology in his helmet. Because, like, mm-hmm. it's always been in the other episodes, like, someone says, at these coordinates, aim here. And I wonder, like, how much assistance his helmet gives him with that of, like, if I put this thing here and this one at this angle, it's going to bounce off perfectly. Like, I can't imagine that he could humanly do that many calculations, but they are the bad badge. They have <laughs> helpful mutations, so maybe he can just do all that in his mind, which, again, even more impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have trouble, though, saying goodbye to the bad badge, and I think the ending of the episode, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit when we, when we board the pain train, but I'm going to miss them. I think having four episodes actually felt great. I think three would have mm-hmm. maybe been too little. Four just seemed right because each of them had their own story to tell. You know, we first, we meet the Bad Batch, understand them. Second episode's developing that trust between the Bad Batch and Rex. Third episode's the rescue mission. This episode is basically surviving the war and living to fight another day, but also doing the right thing and rescuing somebody else from not only physical circumstances, but internal ones, you know? Finding that right path that Echo can walk for the rest of his life and to have a happy ending even though he is different even though he's seen a lot so it, you know i'm 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 bummed we have to say goodbye but i'm really happy with the time that we spent that honestly is this is probably like one of my favorite arcs from the the clone wars in general honestly i would, I, I might consider putting it in my top 10 yeah i i feel like it was paced very very well and we needed this many episodes because it gave each of the members their own chances to shine and it gave us time to get attached to them and build that tension with Echo once they find him. I just thought that it was the perfect length for this arc, and it, it, it was satisfying, and now I'm ready to, to see what comes next. Absolutely. And speaking of coming next, Madison, we're quickly approaching Revenge of the Sith, which you know what that means. The Sith yeah. are going to get their revenge. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw some dark side tendencies from Anakin in this episode, and I can't say I'm not shocked. But to, mm-hmm. again, kind of see it happen once more gave me chills. And that shot of the door opening on Anakin's face, it was pretty great. It was a good shook. shot. Like, holy moly. I was, yeah, I was shook. I think that's the perfect word to describe it. Because as soon as that happens, I'm like, yeah, Trench, you're done. You're done, boy. <laughs> that's when you know it's about to go down when Anakin gets uh-huh. that look. <laughs> And you could just see the full confidence in him. It really feels like he's at the height of his powers since the last time that we've seen him. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that is partly fueled by the fact that Ahsoka's left because we still haven't seen them link back up. You know, we, we saw that originally in the first Clone Wars trailer where Ahsoka's with Bo-Katan and she talks to Anakin through the hologram. So that has yet to happen. So it's been quite some time since he's seen his, his apprentice leave the Order and that anger is just festering. And he goes to kill Trench and Trench is saying, you know, you won't kill me. And Anakin's <laughs> like, I don't exhibit such weakness, you know. Like, he's already under the impression that not killing is, in the Jedi way itself, is weak. Yeah, and it's tough because in some ways I agree with Anakin, in other ways I don't. And I was really enjoying thinking about this, like how things would have played out differently if Anakin hadn't done what he did. Because it's, what would have happened if he hadn't coerced Trench into giving up the last number of the combination? Because... You got to think about like you. There are certain things you have to do in war. Some things that aren't so great, and you've got to do it though to get things done. But there's also a question of like how far is too far, and if Anakin hadn't done what he did to Trench, chopped off his arms, <laughs> which in isolation not a nice thing to do, right? But it also got him the last number of the combination. So if Mace had had to just guess. What if he had gotten it wrong? What if the bomb had blown up? It would have killed him, one of the most valuable members of the Jedi Order, one of the most valuable generals, and it would have blown up the entire planet. (laughs) So it's it's effective what Anakin did, and I think necessary in this situation, but there's also the dark side to it that Anakin didn't just do it because it was necessary. He did it because he wanted to, and I think he enjoys it on some level, getting to have his enemies at his mercy as we're going to see with him and Dooku very shortly in the future down the timeline. Um, And that anger and that desire for revenge, I think, came through as soon as he got the opportunity when Trench tried to get the jump on him again and Anakin was like, nope, not this time. I'm going to make sure I kill you this time. And he he did. (laughs) They've had so many interactions. It's like a fool me once kind of scenario. You're not going to fool me again, Trench. And you bring up Count Dooku, which which is interesting because in Revenge of the Sith, when faced with the choice to kill Dooku, Anakin asks, you know, it's not the Jedi way. And Palpatine says, do it. Famous, famous <laughs> line. Uh, truly, truly an icon. And it makes me wonder, you know, this in this scenario, Anakin was very sure that being a Jedi and following that path is weakness and he will not hesitate to kill Trench. But in Revenge of the Sith, he does hesitate. So it makes me wonder, like, what happens between these two events where he starts to have some sort of uncertainty in his mind of who he wants to be and what he wants to do. And mm-hmm. I got to wonder if that's the return of Ahsoka, even just for a brief moment in his life. I think Ahsoka was his one anchor to following the Jedi path fully because mm-hmm. he needed to be a role model for her. And then once she leaves the order, it's like, well, what's the point of being a role model? And I can just go rogue. But if she returns, he's got to be a mentor in some ways again. Maybe it kind of creates that dilemma of who do I want to be? once again for Anakin and that's what causes his hesitation even just briefly in Revenge of the Sith yeah I I think it's a much more like personal encounter too with Dooku because he was personally affected so much by Dooku he lost his arm because of Dooku and that rivalry has really been building the whole time over the course of the Clone Wars they've run into each other so many times and he he really hates Dooku by this point. And now he's gone too far. He's kidnapped the Chancellor, right? This is the last yeah. straw. So 
I also think in a way, Anakin would have looked at that as like ending the war because they don't know like who Sidious is in that moment. So it's like there's only Grievous left after that. So I think he looks at it as we got Grievous and we've got Dooku. And once we cut those two heads off, see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> it's over and the war the war's over we can go home we can just return to our normal lives right but unfortunately that's that's not how things turn out Ah, uh, tragic star wars is tragedy yep <laughs> well anakin's fall to the dark side is is certainly looming above all of us and i think this was just one example of that and we'll get more of him later this season when he speaks with ahsoka so i'm really curious to see how those interactions go and where he Definitely. sees his loyalties lie with facing somebody that no longer is a Jedi or part of the Jedi Order. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I am wondering if there's going to be any kind of uh, connection or parallel or foreshadowing because like, I would assume the, the conversations we see between them in this season of The Clone Wars is the last time they talk until Rebels, right? Where, they, where she yeah. runs into him again and he is Vader. So Yeah, because the Ahsoka I, novel establishes that a little bit by saying that their final their final confrontations when anakin gives her the sabers and he has to go run off to save the chancellor and then she has to go to mandalore so Mm -hmm. that's going to be an emotional punch to the stomach and i'm not ready for it (laughs) yep (laughs) madison it's that time of the week you hear that i hear the wheels turning i'm hearing the the whistle in the distance (laughs) (laughs) i think a train's coming oh my gosh Oh, once again, folks. Welcome aboard the pain train. <laughs> this train ain't stopping for eight weeks. And there is no food aboard this train, only pain, only sadness. But also a good kind of sadness, Madison, because on this pain train, we don't just cry over sad things. We also cry over good endings as well. And I think yes. that's what this week allowed us to revel in just slightly. and. For me, my pain train moment of the week obviously was Echo's ending, and I was so convinced something bad was going to happen to him because we've seen so many clones in these Clone Wars go through terrible, terrible situations. I I figured Echo would just be the next step in that journey, and I wasn't ready for it. And to actually have him really show why his trust is deserved or, or, or earned, and that he can continue living on and have the choice to actually make his own destiny rather than have it made for him by the techno union that was pretty powerful and that's what even rex says to him he says if that's where you feel your place is that's where you belong and the fact that rex gives him that choice as well says a lot about him and his relationship with echo and it was just so heartwarming to have that one camera angle of rex walking turning you're not sure what's going to happen with echo and he's walking the other way i was really really happy about that i i I teared up yeah, it was beautiful, and uh, I've watched some older episodes of The Clone Wars recently, like all the way back from season two, and I just can't get over how incredible the animation is in this season, like the the subtle shifts in expression that you can see on the characters' faces now, like it really punches you in the gut when you see the emotional turmoil that Rex is going through as he walks away, because that was hard for him to do. Because it's like, I finally have Echo back, and now I have to have the strength to let him go again. Yeah. Although it's, oh. it's not as bad. It's not as bad, because he does have him right. back. He's not dead now, but it's still hard to let a, a brother go, basically, and you don't know if you're going to see him again. So, 
that was just a major gut punch and I was happy though because I was totally expecting to lose Echo in this episode and it's actually more of a shock to me now in Star Wars when I see a happy ending as opposed to a tragic one. I just couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, whoa, (laughs) we're actually getting a happy ending for Echo. I can't believe it because especially for, you know, a lot of heroes in Star Wars do get happy conclusions to their arcs, but it's particularly the the bad guys who turn good or the characters that are coded as damaged in any way or in need of any kind of redemption arc, those characters typically meet tragic ends, unfortunately. But this did not. It ended differently, and I was just so pleasantly surprised by it. I was really happy to see Echo kind of get this newfound family, this kind of this group of misfits who can achieve great things and he he fits in with them this is his new group and it was just really great to see him find that new place in the world and it's so important to have stories like echoes because what does that say about you know somebody who feels damaged for something that happened to them in their own life or they feel traumatized by certain events or certain situations and to walk away from those circumstances and live a better life and find a new family and walk a new path. I think that's the story of Echo when we look back at it. You know, he was at mm-hmm. his lowest, lowest point, literally inside a, a sarcophagus of sorts. More machine than man. He had no choice in his in his situation. And to then be again given that choice and to not just take a, a certain sacrificial way out or to go out guns blazing. He he wanted to live to fight another day. And I think Rex is very happy to see that. It is, again, bittersweet, but to watch his brother live, I think that's also very fulfilling for Rex, too, because not only did he rescue Echo, but he rescued Echo from himself. So mm-hmm. that's that's really warming. And it was the fortune cookie a couple of episodes ago, embrace others for their differences, and Echo is different now, but that's okay. Everything that he's been through has made him who he is today, and it's what's important is what he does moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked a lot about survival, too, and how that's kind of just the hardest thing in war. So we we see Echo survive. So he's now really been through the ringer. If he can do this, he can do anything. Yes. So now that we've wrapped things up with Echo and we've wrapped things up with the Bad Batch, next week, Brad, we're finally going to catch up with Ahsoka. Yes! The episode is called... yeah. Yeah, it's called Gone with a Trace. And... Synopsis is Ahsoka befriends a pilot but must hide her Jedi past while trying to stop a dangerous droid. Ooh. Intriguing. I'm so excited just to get back to like seeing what Ahsoka's been up to. What has she been doing? How has she been getting by since leaving the Jedi Order? Just what could be considered, I guess, just like basic daily existence to me is like super interesting with Ahsoka now because it's like, how does she go on with her life after the Jedi? What has she been doing? How's she making a living? I, I have all those questions. <laughs> and I believe Trace, I know the episode's called Gone with a Trace. I think that's the name of one of the characters she's going to meet. And this fits in with that footage we saw at Star Wars Celebration of her on the speeder bike going into the under levels of Coruscant. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting to see if she's trying to hide her true self, even initially this early on and hide her mm-hmm. Jedi past. So she's getting some practice, Madison, on hiding things because she's going to need to in a couple weeks when it'll be a life or death situation for her to, to have to hide her, her Jedi past. 
it's it's really girl. interesting to me too that she decided to stay on Coruscant because you would think like after all the traumatic stuff that happened in the underworld all of the memories she would have on Coruscant from living there at the Jedi Temple all those years. Like, it's interesting to me that she decides to stay there instead of, like, going off to some other planet in the Outer Rim or, like, going as far away as she can, like, really starting over. She's still... It seems like, to me, she's still clinging to something in a way. And I'm interested to see what that is, like, kind of what kind of state she's in at this point. And I think for the most part, we're going to be with Ahsoka the rest of the season. If I if I remember correctly, I don't think there's many other arcs that we're getting that aren't Ahsoka related. I, I might be wrong, but I'm glad we're at the point, too, where all these new episodes we're getting don't have previously unfinished or revealed arcs or mm-hmm. story reels. This is all new stuff for everybody to enjoy, which is just going to make the discourse even more insane in a good way. <laughs> like Everybody's just going to be like way more excited and kind of experiencing it all together. Which yeah. for me, I didn't really feel that with these previous four episodes because I, you know, people had watched how these stories went beforehand. But it's nice that we kind of now all get to relish in the uncertainty, the unfamiliarity together, and really experience all of the emotions that are to come, especially with something eventually like the Siege of Mandalore, because that's just going to be the ultimate events of this entire series. And it's mm-hmm. going to blow our effing minds. And Ahsoka is just a part of that. So I'm excited to see. The start of that journey, the start of this, the start of this end almost. It's the beginning of the end for, for our characters now. Yeah, I'm definitely okay with sticking with Ahsoka's point of view for the rest of the season. I would be completely okay with that because she is like just so much fun to follow, especially at this point now that she's in completely uncharted territory. She's one of, I guess, is she the twenty first? We have like the lost twenty, the Jedi who have left the Order. Is she the twenty first? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, so she's, because she's different than someone like Dooku, who left and joined the dark side, became a Sith. She's following the third path, the middle path, and that's why it's just so interesting to me to follow every step of the way. So, yeah, looking forward to next week. We enjoyed this week's episode and the arc as a whole. And Brad, if people want to find more episodes of Friends of the Force, where can they find you? Sure thing. So Friends of the Force, you can find us at Friends of Force on Twitter and Friends of the Force on Instagram. And we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Friends of the Force, where we upload episodes early, reveal new content coming out, all that good stuff. Thank you to Aldrinian Rose, Neil Lowry, Royal Farm Boy, Michael Condon, Rachel T, and Cheryl for being proud members of the Patreon. And we are also a part of the Escape Pods Network which aims at promoting positivity in the fandom. And as for me, you can find Doing Talking at doingtalking.com, and you can also listen on iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. My channel is Maddie Solo, and you can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Doing Talking Pod. And Doing Talking also has a Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash doing talking, you can find all kinds of cool extra content there especially some Clone Wars commentaries that I've done. So if you're going back, revisiting some classic episodes of the Clone Wars, or you're experiencing them for the first time, you're going through the Clone Wars now that season seven is here, can find those. And I think, Brad, you're doing some Clone Wars commentaries as well on your Patreon, correct? We are. I'm a little behind, but I will be catching up soon since I am social distancing myself from the world and (laughs) maybe inevitably being quarantined. So we will see. Hopefully not, but hope this all passes, folks. 
And you know, to add to that as well, you know, this is these are tough times in our world, a uh, very uncertain, something that a lot of us have never been through. I don't think for the for the most part anybody's been through, but just know you always have a family here on the last missions to help you through these tough times. So, you know, reach out to us, send us messages, do whatever you have to do, interact with us on Twitter. We want to help you through these these dark times and hopefully brighten them up a little bit and everybody please stay safe, wash your hands, practice hygiene regularly. All the things you should be doing without a, a, a widespreading virus, but just continue to have that extra diligence. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So yeah. to close this out, as we do every week, I will say, begun. The Clone War has 